Well, good morning. Welcome to Redeeming Grace Church. Come on in and find a seat, please. We are so glad to have you here. If you're visiting here with us for the first time, my name is Matt Rawlings. I'm one of the pastors here, and we are glad that you would join together in worship of the Savior this morning. As you know, we've only got a week before Christmas, and so I know it's a hurried, busy time, so thanks for taking time out to be here together with us. And then for the youth, I have an announcement for you. If you're visiting even or whether you've been here for a while, um, tonight is the youth, our cross-current uh, parent Christmas, uh, parent teen Christmas party. So come on out for that. We're going to have a great time and we'll have pizza and games and um, bring a dessert if you can, youth, or have your parents make a dessert that's good for you. Uh, not good for you, but good tasting, sorry, and bring that. That'd be great to have you this tonight. So thank you and welcome. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Luke 2, we're going to look at the account of the angel's announcement. And as we do, I want you to hear this as if you were the shepherds sitting there in the dark at night, minding your own business. Everything was peaceful. You were kind of relaxed. Maybe there's a campfire happening. The sheep are asleep and you're sitting there and then this occurs. So let's listen to God's holy, inspired word for us today. Luke 2, verses 8 through 20. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly... There is with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph And the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard as it had been told them. This is God's holy word for us today. Let's pray. Father, so often these words are familiar to us. I pray that they would not be so familiar this morning. I pray that you would inspire us with the same announcement that your angels made long ago with the announcement that the shepherds made to everyone else. They were inspired by what they heard and saw And they responded, they shared the good news, and they worshiped. 
God, may that be our response today. Would you enable us? Lord, every time we hear your word, we need your Holy Spirit to enable us to hear your word. I pray that you would give us the gift of your Holy Spirit to enable us to hear from you for us, that you would enable us to respond to you. And God, would you enable me, Lord, I am weak, would you enable me to preach this morning? We ask you for your grace, and we know that because your Son has come, we've received your grace. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I was going to read a story to you. The story goes, it was a crisp, sunny afternoon on the pond. Christmas was coming and everyone was having a good time. Everyone that is except Charlie Brown. I think there's something wrong with me, Charlie Brown said to Linus. I just don't understand Christmas. I like getting presents, sending cards, decorating trees and all that, but I always end up feeling sad. Charlie Brown, you're the only person I know who could turn a wonderful season like Christmas into a problem, sighed Linus. Maybe Lucy's right. Of all the Charlie Browns in the world, you are the Charlie Browniest. Charlie was depressed. He decided to seek professional help. He dropped a nickel into the doctor's can after Lucy extolled the virtues of cold, hard cash. Charlie Brown sighed, I just don't understand Christmas. Instead of feeling happy, I feel sort of let down. Lucy tells him what he needs is involvement. He makes him a director of play. He sees his dog Snoopy who pretends to have a flying doghouse and hands him a flyer saying, find the true meaning of Christmas, win, money, money, money. Enter the neighborhood Christmas lights and display contest and he laments that his dog has gone commercial. Then his sister asked him to write a letter for Santa and saying, but this time, this year, Santa, instead of the gifts, I just like some money. And he goes, not my sister too. In the play, he tries to direct, it falls apart and he complains that it's too commercial. And he thinks, well, maybe a, maybe a tree will fix it. Maybe if I get some decorations, make it feel more like Christmas. So he goes and gets a tree, but they all make fun of him because it's pathetic. And then he grows heavy in his heart and he cries out. He says, isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? And then in my favorite moment of the Charlie Brown Christmas special, Linus steps forward and he says, sure, Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. And then he quotes the accounts from Luke 2 that we just read. And it it changes things. Now, I, I wish that it wrapped it up in a nice little bow, but... The idea was that he discovered, really, that Christmas is not about the trappings. It's not about the decorations, the weather, the lights, the presents in a tree. It's not what's truly inspiration about a celebration of Christmas. What's truly inspirational is this true account, this truly inspiring account of what happened at the birth of Jesus. And it is truly inspiring. It's really the only thing that inspires joy. And so maybe this season, and like every Christmas season, you might dread it. You know some people dread Christmas? Anybody here ever want to admit that you dread Christmas just a little? Okay, there you go. Well, at least one person, right? And every other one of us is just thinking in our hearts, well, we kind of do, and we kind of love it, and kind of don't. Because in some regards, if our focus is on presents or gifts or all the trappings around us, it's, it, it lets us down. There's no joy. And instead, let's focus and say, okay, what what inspires us with joy is the truth, the reality of God with us. And what we see from the shepherd's example is that that the Savior's news, this this gospel news, this good news, it's good news that inspires us to make it known. 
You see, the shepherds heard this good news. They, they received this good news of great joy, and then they, they wanted to do something about it. They responded. They, they willingly responded to this good news because they were inspired by it. And then they were, were inspired by this good news so much that they witnessed about it. They told everybody else about it. And then they were so inspired by the good news that they worshiped God about it. And I, and I pray, I think that's what God intends for us this morning, is that we would be inspired by the good news and ourselves want to respond and witness and worship. Fortunately, sometimes we can be unpressed by this absolutely breathtaking, all-inspiring account in the Bible. You know, the things that are familiar with us, sometimes we take more for granted, and sometimes we're more wowed by the latest movie that's coming out that has no lasting power to change us than this account, which has actual real power. When the angels made that announcement, they were announcing it in power, in a display of the majesty and glory and power of God. I think God wants to inspire us and use this account to change us. And and really the first way that we see this good news, it inspired the shepherds that moment, that night. We saw that they had a willing response because that's what the good news does, right? The good news inspires a willing response. That's what the good news is meant to do is to inspire a willing response in us. They were out in the fields around Bethlehem and if you've never seen pictures of that, I've got a few pictures I think for you of the hills around Bethlehem. And in the fields surrounding the slopes, you see the, the slopes outside of the city kind of slope down. There are fields in the sides, fields in the middle. You can go to the next one there. And they would plant them in grain. And so after the harvest, the shepherds, they'd be allowed to come and they would graze the sheep on these fields. And it was, if you think about it, these fields were historic. They had meaning. They, they, there was a lot of history already by the time that Jesus was born here, and, and the reason why he was born here, there was, there was significance to this. Why, why Bethlehem? It's the place where Rachel, Jacob's wife, was buried in one of these fields. One of those fields was the same fields where Ruth gleaned and eventually fell in love with Boaz, her kinsman redeemer, who was a sign of the great kinsman redeemer to come. They were the same fields that David probably sat in and composed the Psalms. And from Bethlehem, the son of David was born, who was the great shepherd. But the shepherds this night, they were sitting in darkness. It had been 400 years since they last heard God speak. They they weren't necessarily seeking that that night either. They weren't there was nothing in particular that was, that was special about them. They were just keeping watch over their flocks at night. And they weren't, they weren't attending any informational meetings hoping for the Messiah. They were sitting there in the dark, watching, minding their own business. What we do know about the shepherds is they weren't considered the most noble, the wisest, or even the best smelling members of society. And it's an important thing to see that, that God's good news was announced first to people who were ordinary. People who were ordinary. The first recipients of the gospel, they weren't kings, they weren't queens, they weren't nobility, they weren't wealthy, they weren't brilliant academics, they weren't movers and shakers. They were common, normal, everyday, hard-working people like most of us. 
And they were, they were lowly, they were humble. People, many people thought of them as unimportant and ignored them, but here's the great thing, not God. God did not find them unimportant. He did not find them too lowly. He did not find them to be insignificant. He did not ignore them. And that's good news for us because God comes to people who are seemingly insignificant. He comes to those who are humble and lowly. He comes and announces his good news to those in need. And I love the, the picture, the imagery there. The, they were sitting in the dark. And I don't know if you've ever been camping in the woods at night, or maybe just out in your backyard at night if you don't like camping, which I understand now that I'm getting older. But if, when I was younger, we used to go camping, and we'd sit outside, and we'd talk around the campfire, and everything was kind of, I don't know why, but when you sit around a campfire, all your voices kind of become low and hushed, and you're like really mellow. And so I can imagine these shepherds are kind of become mellow, and they're sitting there maybe talking, and, and everything's quiet, and they're sitting in the dark. And if you've ever been camping at night, and somebody comes up, and they're like, hey, and they shine a flashlight in your eyes, and you're like, oh my goodness, and you kind of react to them. And it's blinding. It's a little surprising. You, you, you don't know what to, how to react exactly. And these shepherds, they're sitting in the dark. And it says, the glory of the Lord shone around them. Now, I don't know if I've ever really picked up on the glory of the Lord shone around them. I've always thought of the glory of the Lord shining around the angels. But the angel, the one angel was so bright with the glory of the Lord that the glory of the Lord shone around them. It illuminated everything around the shepherds was illuminated by this bright glory of God. That'd be infinitely more bright and shocking than a flashlight. Whenever the glory of the Lord is mentioned in the Old Testament, it is often a fearful thing. Whenever the glory of the Lord is mentioned, it is an awe-inspiring thing. People know that this is God who's announcing this. This is God who's arrived on the scene. Often, God would show his glory and people would hide their faces. They would run because the glory was so bright and so pure. So it's no surprise they were filled with fear. They'd likely heard the stories of the glory of the Lord in the past as a consuming fire. They saw it for themselves, and they're quaking with fear. This is they're filled with fear. How about you? But I've, I've been a little surprised when people have scared me in the dark before, and it's something my family likes to do, and it's a little warped and twisted, but we, like to, we love to scare each other. We'll jump out at each other, and especially if the house is nice and quiet and dark, and somebody's going to the kitchen, I'll sneak out, and I'll hide behind something, and I'll scare them, and... And I get a great kick out of that. I don't know that that was the same response here. Um, they were filled with fear. It says they're filled with fear. I can imagine them cowering on the ground, kind of shielding, trying to, to hide their eyes, covering their heads, tucked down in fear, because at that moment, the creator of the universe who made these shepherds, and he made the angels, and he knew how they would respond, by the way. God wasn't shocked that they were filled with fear. He knew that would be the response because he wanted to get their attention and he wanted them to know this was a unique, miraculous appearance and they should pay attention. Something was happening on a cosmic scale. And then the first words the angel speak to them were to fear not. Isn't that merciful? God comes to us in our fears. 
his message of the good news. He speaks to us in our fears. Now for us, often we, we can fear failure. We can fear punishment for sin, fear rejection. I, I think the shepherds were feeling that magnified a thousand times, wondering, would, was God coming to punish them? Would, would, would they be wiped out right then? I imagine for a moment they might have been aware of all of their insignificance and weakness and, and sin. And they're filled with fear. A thousand thoughts running through their head. And it is good news. It comes to us in our fears and it speaks a word of peace. Maybe this morning you are fearing because you know you're not right with God. We have reason in this good news to fear not. And I love that it says that I bring you good news of a great joy. That word for good news, I bring you good news, that's the exact same phrase that's used elsewhere in the New Testament for preaching the gospel. This is the the first gospel preaching in the entire New Testament where the angel comes and he preaches the gospel to to the shepherds. And he says, this is not a message of fear, this is a message of great joy that comes to dispel our fears. And the basis for the not to fear was this good news of Jesus. The good news is our source of peace and comfort. The good news of Jesus is the reason we no longer have to fear. In the Old Testament, God often told his people not to fear. And most of the time, it was because he was promising to be with them himself. He says, fear not, I will be with you. What do the shepherds say? Fear, I mean, what does the angel say? Fear not, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all people, for unto you. What's he, he's announcing? It's the same kind of Old Testament comfort of not only will God be with you, for unto you is come, to each and every one of you is come a Savior, Emmanuel, God with us has come to us. A savior. And I love that word savior. It's unique in Luke here, the word that's used for savior. It it has the, the connotation of a deliverer. Someone who rescues from our plight. Someone who rescues from bondage. Somebody who rescues from sin, rescues from futility. And it's awesome that it's outside the city of Bethlehem because Boaz who Joseph was descended from. He delivered Ruth from her plight. He married her. He made her fruitful. And this is the same city that Jesus is born in, that he is the ultimate deliverer, the ultimate kinsman, redeemer, who rescues from captivity to sin. And and get get this, he is called the the, the husband. We We are the bride. And he comes and and he marries us and he makes those who are unfruitful and barren and devoid of any true good, he makes us fruitful for God. And the angels, they announced this long-awaited Messiah who would set the people free. In the same area where uniquely, this is about five miles outside of the city of Jerusalem and these fields were unique in that they were right up against the city and within a mile or two and... They were used to raise the sacrificial lambs. And in these same fields where the sacrificial lambs were raised, just a mile or so away was the ultimate lamb of God who was born and would be weaned 
so that he would one day be a sacrifice. Now it's 400 years after this anticipation and waiting, this must have stunned and shocked the shepherds. Seeing the glory of the Lord around the angel, they'd see Christ the Lord himself in person. Could you imagine that? They hear this message. Unto you, shepherds, is born this day in the city of David a Savior, and he's the Messiah, and he's Lord of everything. You know, some people get excited about the idea of seeing the president or maybe seeing the Queen of England or their favorite movie star. But these, those were just mere humans. The shepherds, they hear this announcement. They're going to see a Savior, the Messiah. And they got excited. I hope that news excites you that now, because of the announcement that the angels made, that the shepherds hear, that, it, it, that news has come to us, to all of us is born in the city of David, a Savior who's the Messiah, the promised one. And he's Lord of all, the chosen one of Yahweh, who he reigns and rules over all things. And then the angels go on to describe the sign of how they'll find him. It's fitting that they said that you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger in Bethlehem. And and the name Bethlehem, it means house of bread. And, And how cool is it that Jesus, who is the bread of life, is born in the the house of bread. They find him clothed in humble, lowly clothes. This was a sign of the humble, lowly birth, born poor among animals where animals came to eat. And he was laid in a feeding trough. Jesus would die, lifted up, wrapped in humiliating clothes again, offered up for us and his death in our place would become our bread of life. The king of all began his conquest laying in the midst of these humble circumstances on this humble bed and they must have wondered at that announcement but before they could think about him very much it tells us look down at your Bibles in verse 13 it says suddenly a whole host a multitude of angels burst into sight. Picture that in your mind. You were already terrified by one of these angels. The glory of the Lord is already shining all around you. You already barely can contain yourself. And then a whole multitude of the heavenly host. And that word for heavenly host, it's, it's the heavenly armies of God. And so these, these warrior angels, all of a sudden, a multitude, too many to count, appear all at once. And they're praising God with a glorious song. They're praising God. They're proclaiming his glory. It must have been absolutely brilliant and absolutely terrifying. Somebody gave me a ticket to see the Trans-Siberian Orchestra a week and a half or so ago, and I I thought it was really inspiring. The vocals were the best I've ever heard. The solos were moving. The show was great. But I can only imagine that all of these angels who are made and are perfect, they are perfectly tuned angels singing and praising the glories of God. I, I can only imagine how far greater it must have been. And they say, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he's pleased. That must have been good news to the shepherds. There was hope for peace. 
After so many years when it seemed like God was distant, the people wondered if they'd ever hear from God again. To hear a peace, there was hope of God that he might be pleased with them. They might have wondered, it's been 400 years, is God really pleased with us? You might be wondering yourself, is God really pleased with me? You might be aware of your failings, of your weaknesses, of your inadequacies, of your sins. Is God really pleased with me? And here's the hope. The hope we have is that God is pleased with all who have faith in Him, who have believed in Him and become sons and daughters of God. He is fully pleased just as if you were Jesus. There's hope not only to have peace with God, but that he, he's pleased with you. And then I, I love that they don't just stand there, right? They don't just stand there. These aren't a bunch of passive hearers. They don't stand there. They, they believe what they were told. They want to obey the angel of the Lord. They want to go and see for themselves. And, and I like how the NASB puts it. It says, let us go straight to Bethlehem. Let's go right there. It's a sense of urgency and excitement. This is not a fiction. This was no fable, no fairy tale. This was, this was the realization of all the expectations and longings of the people of God. And they wanted to willingly respond. You know, you don't have to tell a bride to say yes, yes to the love of her life when he proposes. You don't have to tell a child to hug their father when they've been desperate to see them after they've just returned from war. You don't have to tell people that. You don't have to say, okay, now when your dad comes home, you have to hug them. They're like, no, I just can't wait. You don't have to tell an adult to drive their new car that they've won in a raffle after they handled the key, the title, and the insurance, and everything's taken care of. These shepherds respond willingly because they got it. They understood this good news and what it meant that Christ, a Savior, has appeared to us. And they respond. Now, for everybody here today, the question is, have you heard this good news? Do you, do you not just hear the good news, but do you believe the good news? Because merely hearing the good news is not enough. Believing in it and then saying, I want that. I want to go and see. I want to experience it for myself. I want to respond. This good news of great joy and inspire their willing response. And the second thing we see it inspired is their witness. The good news of great joy it inspires witness. You know, often in Christian circles, um, we have a lot of commands to evangelize. You must do this. You must go and evangelize. But you know what I think? I, I, love, I love this picture of the shepherds because I think if you're truly inspired and you begin to meditate on this great news that you're going to be inspired to witness like these shepherds were inspired to witness. Nobody had to say, hey, go and tell people about it. Are you kidding me? Christ the Savior has come to us. There's peace. God can be pleased with us. It's all true. Maybe you've seen the Grand Canyon. Maybe you've seen Niagara Falls close up down on the maid of the mist and the waves are crashing and the mist is all around you. Maybe, maybe you're up in a hot air balloon or been skydiving and all you want to do is tell everyone else about it. Well, this was even more miraculous than that. All the longings of the Jewish nation were pent up in this. And they were inspired. They willingly responded and they witnessed. I, I, love, I, love, I love in verse 16 it says, and they went with haste. 
They didn't politely walk over there. They didn't play it cool. They didn't, they didn't try to speed walk over there and hope that no one would notice what they looked like, you know? They, I kind of think of these shepherds, maybe I'm wrong for this, but like the ancient equivalent of, of kind of rednecks back then. And, and I grew up with a redneck background, and I kind of I kind of identify with the shepherds. And I can imagine they ran as fast as they could. And they may they may have raced each other like when I was a kid, and we raced to go see something. And you know maybe somebody would have yelled, "Hey, yo, that one's redneck!" They weren't about to stand on ceremony. And, and then I can imagine, you know, how did they find them? We don't have that detail, but I can imagine them running, and they're going from house to house, knocking on doors. And they're like, hey, are you Mary? Are you Joseph? Is there a baby in a manger? Okay, great, next house. And they go to the next one. And searching pays off, and they find him just like the angel said. And then they must have been dumbfounded. They were filled with awe and hope at the same time. And they didn't just go and see it for themselves. They could not contain it because they knew it was true. Do you know the good news is true? for you this morning. The good news of great joy is for you this morning. The good news of great joy has come to you in your fear, in your lowness, in your humility, in your weakness. This good news of great joy is announced to you and and now God can be pleased with you and is pleased with you if you put your trust and you believe in him, respond to him in faith. It's true. And so I, I can imagine how they felt. It's all true. It says they made, as they saw it, look in verse 17, when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them. They're going around everywhere. They were the, they were the first evangelists, right? Because after all, what, what is evangelism? It's, it's, it's making the good news known. That's what they did. They made it known. And that's what the good news does. It inspires us to make it known. They didn't know the whole of the good news. I love that. They don't, they don't know everything, but they did share with everyone. Let that encourage you today. If you're, if you're a Christian and, and maybe you feel like you don't know how to evangelize, maybe you feel like I don't have all the information, I'm, I'm not, I, don't have a, I don't have a degree in, in the Bible, I don't have a, a, apologetics in my background, I don't, I don't know how the Romans road memorized, I don't know a bunch of answers to all these hard questions that I can imagine are coming, I, I just feel like I'm not ready. Here's the great thing about this account. The good news has come to you, and God is pleased with you now. It's come to you in your fear and your lowliness, and all, he, all, all, all we need to do is just make it known. That, that's evangelism. It's making known this good news, telling people about the Messiah. No one had to tell them to evangelize. They didn't say, hang on, I need to go to an evangelism explosion class first, you know, I got to... Go and take a class. I gotta, I gotta keep it to myself. I gotta, I gotta get more educated on this. No, it inspired them and they went. The good news affected them and it profoundly changed them and they were bursting. Since they just, they made it known. Make it known. Let the good news inspire you today. Make it known. They're contagious. They share it and it spreads and has results. Has the good news of Jesus profoundly affected you? Has it changed your life? Have you discovered this astounding truth that the Son of God, He became a baby. He he lived life in our place. He 
perfectly obeyed in our place. He died in our place. He was resurrected in our place. He conquered sin and death. And he lives forevermore so we could be delivered from punishment for our sins. We could be set free from being captive to sin. We can be made right with God. We can be adopted as sons and daughters of God. I love, the, I love seeing adoption in the church. I love celebrating adoption. I love that there's three generations in the Menard family of adoption because it is the Father's heart. He sent Jesus so that we might be adopted. And then he gave the Holy Spirit as the sign, the seal of adoption. And so as a Christian, if you've believed, everything is different. Let that affect you again today. Everything is different. You're brand new. If you're a Christian, don't, don't let these things become old for you. You are brand new. Don't give in to the lie that things have to be the same, that you have to sin, that God isn't pleased with you. Don't believe the lie that you have to stay the same, that you'll never change. Don't believe the lie that there's no hope. There's hope and peace for you personally because God's pleased with you. He's pleased with his son in your place and he credits all the perfection of Jesus to you. That is good news. It's contagious. And if we really get it, we're going to be like these shepherds and, and who cares what anything anyone else thinks? We're going to make it known because we have to make it known. We get the good news of a great joy that is unto us. It's for all people. We get to share this joy to the world with others as well. How, how cool is that? You want to know what the response was of the people who heard? It says it was wonder. We're all. And the response of the shepherds was worship. The good news of great joy, it inspires worship. It inspires worship. It says, all who heard it wondered or were in awe or were surprised at what the shepherds told them. They wondered, they marveled at what the shepherds said. It made them think about it. They were amazed by it. I can imagine some of them might have thought, if these things are true, then this means something for us. There's hope for us. Because these things are true, we too can have peace with God. Because these things are true, could God really be pleased with us? In the moment, it, it might have seemed too good to be true, but the astounding thing is that it was and it is true. It is true. Now, I can't imagine if this was, if you were a mother and all this was happening to your baby. It says the reaction here is a very human moment. You know this is a very human moment. It it mentions the reaction of Mary to all this. It says she, she, she wasn't confused. She wasn't uncertain. She, she knew what God had told her already through the angel. And so what does she do? She treasures these things up. She stores them like a treasure, like riches. And then she ponders them. The shepherds, they, they confirmed what she had been told by their own account of this miraculous appearing, the proclamation of the angels. And she knew that her baby was the Messiah, that he's the Savior, the Christ, and the Lord, even though she didn't fully understand it. She didn't really get fully what that meant. But she stored them up in all that she saw and heard. It's like something exceedingly precious to her. She thought about them deeply, and she meditated on them. And then I love 
the response of the shepherds. They don't just go back unaffected. They were inspired. They willingly responded. They were witnesses, and I can imagine they were witnesses the rest of their lives, and then they return worshiping. That's what they do. They worship. The shepherds were changed. They eventually went back to their sheep after who knows how long. And it says, I love what it says, they were glorifying and praising God for all they'd heard and seen. They're changed men. Now, I want us to, to meditate on, on the appearance of Jesus this morning. For unto us, a child is born unto us, a Savior has been, has been given, who is Christ, the Messiah, the one that, that all of eternity looks forward to and looks back on. Jesus has come and speaks to us in our fears. He comes to us in our weakness and inadequacy, and He comes to give life and peace and hope in Him. That God is now pleased with us? Isn't that incredible news this morning? You should be cheering this morning already. It's incredible news. The shepherds were changed. They were glorifying and praising God for everything that they had seen and heard. They were changed men. Is that you too? Every week we gather to tell the story of what God has done so we might go back home and go to work glorifying and praising God for all we've seen and heard. The Savior's birth is good news and does inspire us. Let it inspire you this morning to make it known, to make it inspire you to, to willingly respond to Him and say, God, you know, let let me now see these things afresh this morning. Let me respond to you anew. Maybe you've been discouraged or down. Maybe you feel weak. Maybe you've been fearful. Let it inspire you this morning. And let it inspire you to give witness to worship. Let's be eager to respond to the good news and be so excited about it that we tell others about it. And what a perfect season, by the way, that we get to because God's created this opportunity that by common grace, people celebrate Christmas. So it is not foreign that you start to share about the Christ of Christmas. And most people won't even be offended if you do that at Christmas time. It's kind of set up for us. So may the angels preaching land on us as good news of great joy for us this morning. Everyone who's believed, everyone on whom his favor rests now, has peace on earth and goodwill, the good favor of God resting on you if you've placed your faith in him. If you've not done that, willingly respond and say, God, forgive me. I've not lived for you. I've, I've lived my own life. I'm sinful. Lord, I can't, I can't atone for my sins. I can't make up for my sins. I can't be right with you. I need to be made right with you. Would you forgive me for my sins? And Lord, I trust in you. And then everyone on whom has believed that his favor rests on you now. I want you to go out from here excited about that. God, his favor rests on you. He is pleased with you. You have peace. You have hope. I want the band to go ahead and come forward. We are going to close with joy 
to the world because the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing joy to the world. Now we sing and repeat that same sounding, resounding joy that the angels declared. And maybe you don't feel joyful this morning, but I I'd encourage you as we're singing to make that a response of faith. Saying, God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sing the joy that I, that I need because I have faith in you, that I have peace and hope. No longer have fear because you've come to us. Amen? Let's pray and then we'll sing together. Father, thank you that you made the announcement so long ago of the good news Unto us a Savior is born. Unto us a child is given who is Christ the Lord. And now you are pleased with us. Now we hear from you, fear not. And we have peace in the midst of this tumultuous world. God, I pray that you would inspire us with your word. May we respond in joy in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing.